Toast Live, recorded in front of a live audience. We're at the Brink Lounge, 701 East Washington Avenue, right down the hill from the Capitol Building in Madison, Wisconsin. We're your hosts. I'm Mary Gaines, and this is Chris Wagoner. Thank you for coming tonight and listening on the radio or wherever you are. We are here for part two with Barb Ryman. And her new CD release, Catch the Sunset, is available at CD Baby right now. And I'll play the title track since you mentioned it. I cannot put on those pants. 
Well, welcome back. Well, welcome back as well. <laughs> so that's the title track off the new CD. That's it, yeah. yeah. Catch the Sunset. We were talking uh, backstage on, on the break here about influences. I know that's an often qu asked question, but uh, we were talking about songwriters and um, you know folk singers versus you know their influences and some of your influences being like Crosby, Souls, Nash & Young, you mentioned, and then the Beatles, et cetera. But definitely a pop element to your writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably because it was the, the that was the popular music of yeah. of my influential years, you know. So I've retained a little bit. I'm not strictly a traditional type folk right player. I have a little bit of that pop element. Yeah, and it lends itself, I'm sure, to, uh, on your different recordings, we've heard a couple of them, but on your, some of your different recordings, is there more instrumentation? Right, all my that? recordings are are pretty fully produced, actually. Yeah. I, I love, that's what my favorite thing about going into the studio, is to get some of the other players in, because there's just so, such a wealth of good talent, and... Mm -hmm. When I envision a, a song, you know, sometimes I'm hearing other instruments, you know, I'm limited by just my guitar and me, but oftentimes I'm hearing some other things happening, and and that's when I have a chance to do that. Yeah. 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 Well, it's great. We do a fair bit of a session work, and it's, it's great to hear. Uh, I mean, a good song can be done so many different ways. I think that's one of the yeah. reasons we love the Beatles, and yeah. a lot of people do, but great songwriters. And Joni Mitchell. And Joni Mitchell, yeah. yeah. I can imagine that when you were doing covers of Joni Mitchell that it was pretty amazing because you have a, a beautiful, clear voice up on top. High range. Too, that would... Yeah, yeah I think I was... Yeah, uh, yeah, I was influenced definitely by Joni. And it's just my natural range. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sing. Which is actually unusual, and it's really nice to hear. Yeah, you know, actually in the last few years I've been using more of my higher range because... I think in pop music, you're taught to use a lower register, and as I've become more into my own voice, you know, I realize it's really, I can really float up there on the top, and, and, and I like the melodic writing of using mm -hmm. a lot of range. I've been into that lately anyways. <laughs> so, you know, next time I might be somewhere else with it. But Do you write all the time? I know it's different for different songwriters. Uh, I go in bursts, you know. I'm not one of those steady, disciplined writers. I'm totally undisciplined, and I wait for the inspiration, and and sometimes I think, oh, my God, it's never going to come, and then suddenly there'll be a burst of it, and yeah. I'll write three, four songs, you know, in a short time, and then... But I, I don't put any rules around it. I find that that's... The secret is not putting any rules to it and just allowing, really. Yeah. Allowing. It's so different for, for everybody. I yeah, guess. I think yeah. It's, other people I know definitely have a, a real structured way of going about it and they're excellent at their craft yeah. too. And so it's just a matter of following your certain, your idiosyncrasies, you yeah. know, and going yeah. with it. Yeah. I just recently wrote. I didn't write them, I just played some chords together and, I, and then I went blank after that so I just kind of assigned <laughs> for me. That's nice that you can do that. Sometimes I wish I had someone like that who could come in and... Do you, do you collaborate with other songwriters? You know, I haven't. I, that's an experience I haven't had. I just, yeah. studio 
collaborating is yeah. and I do allow my studio players to come in and do their you know I give them some guidelines but I really just my philosophy is get great players and let them yeah. they'll know how to really accent the song and, and you're surrounded by great players up there in, yeah, in the Twin Cities yeah, oh wonderful, man wonderful players yeah. yeah yeah shall we do another sure I say we I mean you yeah let's see what <laughs> we'll can see. we do here um well let's do one that uh we did a little rehearsal on this one before uh, morning. Yeah. I like to be inspired by, uh, I do get some inspiration from nature, and this is one of those songs. And, and when, when you said Peter Struzko paid, played fiddle on this tune, uh, I think, did he? I believe he played fiddle or mandolin or both. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've had Peter on my last three or four albums. Yeah. Uh, whenever there's mandolin or fiddle, he's he's great. So now I'm really uptight about playing. No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> I love Peter's playing. Okay. This song's called Morning, and it's, of course, inspired by the morning after a thunderstorm, because that is the coolest kind of morning, I think. Might be in the wrong key. Did what did we? I think it was B flat. Okay, yeah. it was okay. <laughs> Sometimes I forget, and then I realize, oh, I'm playing with a band. I better be more. I, I just throw my my fiddle capo on and be alright. Yeah. Okay.
the smell of morning. Yeah. Yes, yes. After a thunderstorm, it's very magnificent then. So living in Minneapolis, do you love winter? You must just embrace it. You have to. <laughs> well, actually, I have a song for that one. Ah, that yeah. It kind of expresses my feelings about winter. Well, you get we you guys get long winters too, don't yeah, you? Here in yeah. Madison, you know how it is. Yours is just a little colder. Yeah. Yes, colder and longer, yeah. I believe. So, but then there's yeah. buffalo. Holy cow! No, holy really? buffalo. Yeah, <laughs> buffalo, New York. It seems like well, you know what the what the East Coast just got. You know, they got like some something crazy, like thirty some inches of snow. Oh yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah they yeah. really got hit. Well, this is another one inspired by nature again, and it's it's um, also inspired by long winters and waiting for spring to come. It was like, a, in fact, I wrote this song on April 1st because spring had still not come, so or even a touch of it, so. But it's, a, it's actually not about the weather, though, like morning. It's, it's more of a metaphor. Winter can be a, a metaphor for relationships as well. So It's called Spring Return. Oops, I'm in the wrong key. Here we go. Winter 
Thank you for that. Well, let's see. Where can we go from here? I'll do another love song. Sure. With my ukulele. How's well, that? I was going to ask oh, about wonderful. that, but I didn't want to presume. Okay. <laughs> I think it's time for the ukulele. The ukulele is really coming off, flying off the shelf. We, uh, Mary and I teach music at a little, great little music store here in Madison called Spruce Tree Music, and uh, there's a, a ukulele wall, ukulele, excuse me, wall of ukuleles there. <laughs> it's right by the door, and it doesn't scare people away. If they look to their right, to their left when they walk in, they might um, freeze in their tracks. But yeah, they can hardly keep them stocked. So there, there are ukuleles out there, tons of them. Yeah, they seem to be quite a revitalization yeah. if ukuleles ever were in. I don't know. but <laughs> they, they were. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they, We've got the new concealed carry law that came into effect today, um, but we kind of wish that it had more to do with ukuleles. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. yeah they're great. <laughs> and, I, you know, I don't really play ukulele. I, I finally went and got one because, because of a song I had written. I said, oh, this would sound so much better on a ukulele, so I had to go out and get one. And and start. So I only do a few songs on the uke, but um, this is a song about perfect love, which um, I really know nothing about, <laughs> but I like to fantasize, you know, and I thought I saw it one day just kind of pouring forth from a woman who I call Mary Jane. Makes bluebirds fly 
Wow, that's beautiful. It's sort of like, uh, you know, Steve Martin always said, you can't write a sad song on a banjo. <laughs> yeah, <so laughs> it'd, be, it'd be hard to write a sad song on a ukulele, yeah, maybe. I think so. Maybe. Happy songs have to be on the ukulele. That, that brings us around to me. Uh, we started talking in the first, uh, first episode here a little bit about something that you've been doing, uh, something, uh, you've been a uh, speech language, pe language, Mary and I both have, we yeah. both need help after this. <laughs> right. <laughs> would you like a little therapy right now? I would, <laughs> anything could help. And you have a master's, master's in counseling psychology, which we might also need some. Alternative <laughs> healing, music that heals. Yeah. Let's start there. The, a tune like that, what, what do you, in your, in, your, uh, um, in your practice, do you use music? Uh, my practice. Well, or uh, when you were working with people. Uh, with kids, with and kids, and as a speech therapist, yeah, yeah, I oh, had. Oh, we talked about that a lot. Yeah, yeah, I had, I had used it with the kids. Yeah. They, they liked it, and um, um, I love to just incorporate it into their therapy, and they respond so well that it was a nice match. Yeah. And of course, then the teachers used to rope me into giving little uh, workshops in their classroom as well, because kids just have a natural int interest in. Music. So sometimes I'd go in and to classes and talk about songwriting and mm -hmm. uh, work with the kids on writing a song and and give them little performances and so on. Yeah. It was fun. Well, I and this may be putting words in your mouth or making a connection that's not there, but I, I found this interesting. The, uh, 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 is it a company? Some uh, practice of uh, frequencies of brilliance. Yes. Yeah. And there's a website, frequenciesofbrilliance.com, yeah, I believe. Yeah, there is, and I have a link, I have a page on my website yeah. about it. it. It's kind of, it's it's not really related to music, but it's a side thing that I do. Yeah. Uh, because I'm just always, have had an interest in the healing modalities, and I do feel music heals, and that's why I'm drawn to music, too. Um, but uh, the frequencies work is uh, really an alternative uh energetic healing system that was taught by a woman named Christine Day who I got kind of swept away with the process. It's really quite powerful, but it's, uh, so I sometimes do session work on people mm -hmm. and it's uh, work where they, uh, you know, lay on a massage table, but most of the work is done above the body or on light points on the body and um, it's energy healing, you know, which is a different, different kind of thing. But it's it's touch. It does Was involve it touch? A certain touch and just um, holding energetic platforms for people's own self. Because I believe a lot in self healing. Uh, people's own healing mm -hmm. potentials and energies can come in, and you're kind of facilitating that as a as a healer. And uh, it's it's really quite marvelous work. There's lots of forms out there now yeah. of new types of healing modalities and that's the particular one that I enjoy is and it, have been doing a lot of training in. Is it all based on Eastern medicine? Like no, it's completely, it's, uh, no, it's not chakra work or okay. Eastern work. It's, it's, uh, it's a whole different system. Interesting. Wow. 
Yeah. Frequencies, frequencies of brilliance. Yeah, if anyone wanted to know more, they can go to frequenciesofbrilliance.com and there's yeah. information. And uh, that's, um, you know, I've been fortunate to travel all over the world taking the trainings because the woman who teaches it is kind of in demand around the world now. It's kind of a word of mouth growing yeah. thing. And uh, so well, I was in Brazil and Argentina last year training in it and uh, it's quite remarkable and meeting different people different, I mean obviously different different nationalities I this uh, I wonder if is there a correlation do you think between you talk about uh, music that heals and the idea of I know you know obviously there are types of music that tend to be calculated for a calculated response mm-hmm and then there is uh, music that is, it just comes out of you, and, it's, and everyone has a different, different response to a tune or a different connection right. to whatever great tune it is. Yeah. But uh, is there some, I, find, I don't know, I'm, I'm seeing some kind of similarity. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a, a long <laughs> kind yeah, of analogy, I don't know. I don't well, know. there is, and the frequencies work, does work with tones. You do okay. quite a bit of toning because sound can heal. You yeah. know, it's a frequency. And so it does in this work, and I believe it can happen in music, you know, mm-hmm. just coming through your interpretations and instruments and vocally that beyond what's you hear in the mm-hmm. ear, there's other things that can happen depending on the intention yeah. of the musician and the writers, I really think it can be quite healing. And I, you know, I also yeah. write, as you can tell, from a very emotional place. I really um, write songs that evoke an emotion because mm-hmm. I think a lot of healing has to do with um, releasing emotions, just giving them space and freedom to move. And mm-hmm. so much of music moves us emotionally, and that's, that's a healing aspect. I have one more question. This might be a naive question, but um, are there specific tones that work with different, I mean, like, are there different tones for different people? Like pitches or sounds that, that might work with some person and not with another? You mean like with that frequency work? Yeah. Um, no, but... Well, yeah, every indi- it's individual, and you're kind of just almost channeling in. Sometimes you just spontaneously tone, but mm-hmm. other times it's a very structured approach where there are specific sounds and tones uh, that are used. For example, if you're working on an organ like the heart or the or the kidneys, there's a specific sound that you tone and say while you're doing the work. Yeah. So yes. Wow. That sounds like fascinating work. It is fascinating. So yeah, check it out. Definitely. So let's see. We may just sit here and grin at you while you play. Yeah. Yeah. What what, what are we in the mood for here? Let's see. um, How about? um, Let me do this one. Or I can, I'll do another one from the album. No, I keep changing my mind. (laughs) This might be nice. Since we're on the topic of healing, I'd recommend uh, uh, going to your inner child. I know that sounds like a cliche, but I really do recommend spending some time uh, 
reminiscing your childhood a bit because I think there's a lot of um, um, magic there and um, and uh, things that we tend to forget things we learn as a child or just know as a child that we forget as adults and so this song kind of came from that place it's called Unicorns and Castles Yeah. 
That's on Catch the Sunset, I believe. Yes, later that's, on. In that's, the, on the, that's on the new one. Yeah. Wow, that is a gorgeous song. Oy. Man. Have you done soundtrack work at all? Because uh, I, I was thinking about, I don't know why, I think about Johnny Depp a lot. I, that's another issue, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't know. I don't know where I'm going. There. Johnny Depp. I know. I, I know. Think about I know. I just. <laughs> but that song reminds me. I don't know because he plays oh, yeah. such interesting characters, yeah, yeah, interesting yeah. roles, and, and he's yeah, kind yeah. of a free spirit. Yeah. Yeah, he's free. free it seems like the spirit. kind of thing that ought to be a soundtrack for one yeah. of his movies that he does. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, you line that up. For me, you know? <laughs> I got him on speed dial. He doesn't know that. Yeah. If he knew, he'd be scared. Um, this. Uh, Sorry, this is a, a bit of a uh, since we're talking since we're talking about that. That uh, in in 2006, with that, what it, did anything ever happen to the song you wrote uh, for ABC that was picked up? You know, it was a uh, what they did was yeah, ABC uh, bought rights to just use like 10 seconds of a song yeah. I wrote called "The All American Dysfunctional Family." <laughs> it was one of my comedy parody songs, yeah. and and they. Uh, it was to promote this new comedy series called, I think, Sons and Daughters or something oh, like okay. that. So um, it was just used for the promotion, and the thing piloted and ran like 13 episodes, but never flew, so they never, it never went beyond I mean, that. Because that but song could have fit just about any sitcom that they ever put out. I know, all those family <laughs> sitcoms. So yeah. I guess that's why they wanted it in their yeah. bank of songs. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, but uh, you know when you were talking about in the previous episode, you were talking about your father and the the Cold War. I know this is like oh, bring it down, but um, I was wondering um, how were you able to see later what the effect on your family was and able to verbalize it um, of losing your father. Oh at yeah, such a it was. It was had a profound effect on every one of us. You know, my mother was widowed. He was 29 when he died. So my mom was widowed with um, with four little children. I was six, four. I was four, two, and my sister was born the day of his funeral. Believe it or oh, not, and uh, my mother is. I think what I learned was just how such a huge respect for my mother, the courage she had to just pick herself up from that event. And, and um, you know, she went to work and raised us. She never remarried. She, you know, she had all these children, you know. And uh, she just did it all. So she was a beautiful model of, you know, just a strong, strong woman. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but, you know, it had its cost. I mean, we're all grew up without a dad, you know, and that right. was hard on all of us kids. And and I think we all each responded differently, but... Did it change... This seems so personal, but did it change your relationship when you got married and had a family? Um, I suppose there's no way to really... Because that was the reality. Yeah, I, you know, I never really analyzed that, but um, um, I know my marriage, he... he was to a wonderful man who was a fabulous father. So I think I had a real strong value for a father presence, you know. Mm -hmm. And my so when my when my kids came, you know, 
despite all the issues we may have had when it came to parenting, we were just so on track together. And, yeah. and uh, looking back on my own relationship, it was, yes, I valued fatherhood more than anything. I think, you know, that my kids have a good father present. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they did, so I was fortunate that way. Should we go on? How are we yes. have time here? You we have to, we have, uh, Got time for one or two? Yeah, minutes? yes. Well, let's do this since we're, well, what, what my last song was kind of a fantasy, so this would be a, but, well, I'm a, you could call it a fantasy, but you know, it's more of a revelation. Do you know that guy who um, uh, was predicting the rapture would come? Oh, yeah. You know, I think back in June or something, and then it was supposed to happen again in October, yeah, but evidently right. it didn't happen. I don't know. <laughs> At least I didn't get raptured. But um, but he wasn't. He's not the only guy who thinks he has a line in on you know the rapture because I happen to have had a revelation myself as I was um, doing the laundry one night. Yes, the laundry. And I think you're going to help me out on this one, aren't you? Chris, good. So this is the story. I was up late doing six loads of laundry When my mind fell into an altered state And I must have traveled clean out of my body And traveled to this strange and awesome and I trembled at the sight that lay before me As I realized this was divine revelation And I'd found the key to the great mystery The answer to the question that had plagued humanity I stood before the great laundry room door Where every missing sock in the universe was stored Was rejoicing all over the Everybody's feet were going in the shock It was the rapture of the socks There were dress socks, wet socks, knee socks and anklets There were baby booties by the score From the cotton wool and synthetic fabrics Shown a radiance that could not be ignored All stockings with their garters still attached Were in ecstasy communing with their match It was a sock celebration With loose and fancy free Happy dancing socks, they were dancing with me As I whirled about in pure delight At the sight I heard And suddenly I found that I was back Hanging my undies on the rack As I folded up the last load that was there I realized all my socks were in pairs And I knew that this could not just be a dream 
was a wonderful kind of rapture, I think. So, <laughs> may you all find your socks this winter. Well, maybe I'll end. Uh, I have a new song. It's unrecorded, so awesome. maybe maybe I'll play that to it's kind a premiere. of wrap things up. Okay. You think? We could end with this one and. Um, doesn't have a title yet, so it's it's that new. So, uh, but anyways, it's uh, you know talking about the energy work I, I've, as I've been training in that energy work, uh, I've become more and more sensitive to the energies just in general, and there just seems like there's quite an energy going on in, on Earth right now that's quite remarkable, and I guess that might be what this song is about. Joy inside.
thank you so much for being our guest here. Well, thank you very much, Chris and Mary, for having me. It's really been a pleasure. You, you can go to barbryman.com and find out where she's going. She's, got to, she's on tour right now, going to head out east. Um, and that's B-A-R-B-R-Y-M-A-N.com. Yeah, Barb Ryman. Okay, yeah. thank you. <laughs> and uh, you can catch all of our past past pad co- coasts. <laughs> Past podcasts. <laughs> at uh, www.madtoastlive.com. www. And uh, special thanks to Mr. Andy Lavalley, Bear Sound, our technical producer. Mr. Adam Baronic, our audio intern. Thanks to Mark Harrod, friend of ours. For being the door guy. Yeah. And thanks to WORT 89.9 Back Porch Radio. And to the Brink Lounge. And thank you for listening.